40 Joe Radio. One option is Joe Crow Reservoir in Oregon. Is that the one you're looking for? No. Which the Joe Beaver? The Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. On it. It's a destination people have sought for generations. Come in here, Oregon. And take my wagon train to the Willamette Valley in Oregon. Be sure to come prepared. I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated, too. Right on the arm. And with the proper gear. Shall we select our masks? And even in this exacting age. Everything you say comes back to bite you. Come ready to contribute, even if your own son has his doubts. Dad and his mysterious phone calls. <laughs> Remembering what a call to Joe can do. Those phone calls put you through college. As you draw closer, note the surrounding characters. That border's closed for the And know this, John and Mike will celebrate when you get here. Arrived at the Joe Beaver Show, 1240 Joe Radio. Walking outside this morning, PJ, it felt good because of, you know, we're seeing the sun. I saw it then. I see it now. New life, revivified, mm-hmm. feels seemed, better. Seemed like the uh, a true storm blowover. Right. So it gets all the rain out during the night. I think we're going to get more this afternoon, though. So oh. short-lived. How about tomorrow and, and Friday and uh, tomorrow, Saturday, and Sunday? I haven't looked. I don't look that far ahead. I take little thought for. Nah, uh, it's not quite true. Little thought for tomorrow. not in the uh, Cronkite course curriculum. <laughs> However, uh, a quick look at my weather app. Uh, 60% chance of rain tomorrow. Of course. Sunny Saturday and Ooh. Sunday. Oh. High of 67 on Sunday. There we go. It may uh, be thus. That sounds, I don't want to jinx it. Yeah. Baseball weather. No, exactly. And it may be the first time all spring that I'll be able to say on a gorgeous, warm Sunday afternoon, the Beavers and Huskies, as the Beavs bear down sweep, may I be saying that come Sunday. Perhaps. Let us hope so. It's been a tough season for the Huskies. May it continue. Yeah. Now, even with due respect to Andy Jenkins on their staff, all-time Beaver great. Helped them go to Omaha in 05. Hit for the cycle in the Super Regional Finale against SC to get the Beavers to Omaha. I'm going to ask you, and you won't. I don't expect you to get this because you never knew these names, but I'm going to throw it out real quick and see if anyone can respond on the University Honda text line just for the fun of it. Just for the fun of it. No, no reward. Knowing it in itself and communicating it via the University Honda text line is the reward. Dan Spencer was a guest yesterday, and while we touched on a lot of different individuals and people involved, I asked him to name two or yeah, two or three guys that really were sort of the turning point sort of players, and he named three from that Beaver, uh, the beginnings of the Beaver Rise. Three. Can anybody... Just because you were listening intently and listening with a sense of interest in the history of the Beaver program, and he mentioned three. Now, he cited others, but he said these, and he named three. And I'm wondering if you can remember the three guys that he felt were sort of the <laughs> the foundational guys, the guys that, because of who they were, what they did, helped the team take and he said, now that's just three players. And he just said, I can't call them pillars because, you know, there's a lot more to what we did. And everybody had a role and a part. And Dan underscored that, too. 
But he did set three guys aside. Who were they? If you remember, just for the fun of it, there's no prize involved here. Just curious if you, because I was mulling that driving away yesterday from the station, thinking, oh, wow, that's a, anybody could, could name three or four or five different people from that era, and, and you'd all be right, and, and you leave out some very important people if you try to reduce it to three. That's why the whole Mount Rushmore approach in life if you had to go with a fourth on that Mount Rushmore of Spencer's three, I'm not sure who you'd come up with. But I'm not a huge fan of the Rushmore question because it leaves out too many good people. You know what I mean, TJ? I don't know some, if a Mariner Rushmore, if you've ever some, contemplated that. Some subjects in some subjects and I guess maybe teams, I guess it, w- it would work a little bit better when you have a, a smaller pool to choose from. It's like asking, like, okay, what's a Yankees Mount Rushmore? I mean, you, they, I mean, they have a whole monument park of people. <laughs> exactly. There's a reason they didn't put a Mount Rushmore. <laughs> they put a whole park of them because they True. have too many. Right. But a Mariners, you know, you go Griffey, uh, Griffey, Edgar, Randy Johnson. Uh, okay, see, there you Ichiro. stop. There we go. Ichiro. Okay, that would be your four. Yeah. Is that pretty easy? Off the top of my head. Do you think if you submitted that to all Mariners fans, that, that those four would come up more often than anybody else? Um, probably. Yeah. I mean, they were, they, they were all obviously likable. If we're talking about pure greatness, maybe a rod on there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But he probably wouldn't make a lot of the list just no, because no. Yeah. I okay. mean, but those four, that's a good one. However, just for the heck of it, if anybody remembers the three and I'll give that answer here shortly, we have open phones now and we'll be pretty guest heavy the rest of the way. If there's anything you'd like to contribute, share from the things we've been talking about, uh, this week, things that have caught your attention this week in the Beaver world, sports in general, whatever the case may be, 497-5356. That's the downward dog phone line, the University Honda text line, the same number. Paul Myro the fourth <clears throat> joins us at 1130. I'm just curious to hear his story because of a guy, the thing that impressed me, And there's a number of people making impacts on the program that we've not had on the Joe Beaver show. Schedules have not always been conducive. Heck, I haven't had Jacob Melton yet on a pregame show, and he's had a pretty good year. (laughs) I hope to make amends on that soon. The schedule, I've asked for Jacob a couple of times, and it's ended up not working out. So don't get me wrong. I've been aware that he's had a pretty good year. But Along the way, on the pregame shows anyway, we end up trying to get, I know Josh and John and, and yours truly, and we will end up trying to get, it's usually, you know, it's usually maybe the star of the game before. I had Travis Pizana on after his grand slam and uh, recently, and I, what did he have, eight RBIs in the game, I think, or something to that effect a while back. It, it blends together after a while. I think but, it was eight. Yeah. yeah. So. Eight and, uh, eight and four innings or eight and three Yeah, innings. eight in the first Three innings. Yeah, and then he cooled yeah. off. And then he did. He cooled off a la Stephen Kwan. Although you texted me yesterday to tell me to exhale. What did Kwan end up doing in game two? He was two, two for three yesterday. He already has a hit today. Okay. So, I do feel better. That whole 26, Mike. 28, exhale. I was starting to get nervous. That's good to hear. Thank you for that. But, yeah, just as you get eight RBIs in the first three innings of a ball game, tough to keep that pace up. But, yeah, I thought he was going to go Sonny Jim Bottomley on all of us. A name that Brooks Hatch and Kip Carlson recognize, and maybe Dave, 
and that's about it. But Sonny Jim Bottomley. But some of you may remember the three names from yesterday, and just for the heck of it, feel free to send those along. But Paul Myro the fourth at eleven thirty to get his story. Coming to the program from Vegas, did not play last year, hasn't played much this year, gets a start and goes two for two. And an RBI in his first at bat and a base hit again later. I was just happy for the young man. I've 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 met him once briefly. That's it. Just hey Paul, nice to meet you. That's it. But I look forward to learning more about him at eleven thirty today. At twelve thirty, Oregon State women's golf coach Don Shockley. And what the Beavers did at the Pac-12 championships down the road at the Eugene Country Club was phenomenal, historic, the best finish ever for the women's golf program at the Pac-12 championships. The previous best finish ever, sixth, back in the Pac-10 era of 92-93. The Beavers ended up finishing tied for second in the Pac-12 championships with Stanford, the host school and the home school, wanted on their own track in Oregon. But Stanford and the Beavers finished tied for second. And just a phenomenal day for the Beavers yesterday. Don Shockley said in the uh, post-event to Sean Scheffler, who put the story out on OSUBeavers.com, that in the immediate aftermath of the phenomenal finish, record-setting finish, Don said it hasn't quite sunk in yet just how how proud she was of what her team did. We'll talk to Don with maybe another 24 hours or so for for the magnitude of the achievement to sink in a little bit, we'll talk to Coach Shockley at 1230. In between Paul Myro the fourth and Don Shockley, which it does meet the definition of the Joe Beaver show here on 1240 Joe Radio. At 1205, a little bit out of that lane, in a, in a sense, but it's also, I hope, in keeping in and of a piece with what we what we've done over the years with the show. On occasion, we go outside of the immediate Beaver family. We do, and we get guests on, you know, for example, Tim Floyd. You know, mm-hmm. what, what connection to the Beavers? Well, he won his first game ever as head coach at Gill Coliseum against Ralph. That's one. And he wrote a letter to Ralph. That's another. And he got a player for Wayne Tinkle. That's another, in a sense. So there were some connections. With David Long joining us at 12.05, less so in the immediate sort of connection. David is the son of... Sonny Long, who just passed away last week at the age of 87 after a legendary career, 36 seasons at Lake Oswego High School. Coach Jeff Stout, involved in some great teams at LO. Jeff came down and ended up playing for the Beavs. I spoke with David earlier. Bill Chisholm brokered the deal. Bill was the band director. Is in uh, Bill Chisholm, a great Oregon State graduate band director. Uh, at Columbia River High School in Vancouver, where David Long coached for the past 32 years. David is retiring from coaching and will reflect upon his father, the legacy, three generations of coaches, in that David played for his father at L.O. with the Bill Hanslick, Jeff Stout teams. David then uh, went on to coach for his father, in beginning his own career, I believe he did for a spell, ended up going to the University of Idaho and starred in tennis there, which was his father, maybe his father's most successful sport. Sonny was a legendary tennis coach and won 93% of his matches and some state titles. And 
So David went on to play tennis in Idaho, met his wife, Holly, who was also a tennis star there in Moscow, and they, they've been together ever since. But Sonny then ends up coaching for David for a while in the early years of David's run at Columbia River High School, and then ends up, in the, I should say more later than the late 90s, Sonny was on the staff for a while, and then one of David's sons here at the end has been on the bench on the staff at Columbia River. So that's a that's a great story in itself. But I look forward to talking to David, who was willing to come on still pretty early in the grieving process. He told me that his father lived a great life, was a tremendous influence, and that he's been hearing from people who, who have been reflecting that. But again, we've been talking a little bit about sort of a, a reputation, a yeah, Sonny was tough. Everybody will will say his teams were tough. They were disciplined. They played more of a tempo, uh, controlled tempo type offense. In that sense, David said when Jeff came to Ralph to play, that there was a already a sense of this is how you play. You know, you you run a system and you execute it, and you take great shots and you play the game the right way. That that's a Sonny Long. A fundamental, a tenet of the way he approached the game, the way David approached the game in his 32 years at Columbia River. So it'll be an opportunity for us at 12.05 to to hear a a grieving son reflect on a father who had a huge impact on many people in their lives and just give us a sense a little bit to talk about the craft of coaching, the place of teaching and coaching. He's still involved with the DECA program and, in fact, leaves on a red eye tonight to go down to Atlanta with four students from Columbia River to the National Convention there. So David's still involved, even though he's stepping down after 32 years as uh, the head basketball coach, two years in the girls' program there, and then the last 30 on the boys' side of Columbia River. We'll hear from David and get his reflections on a long arc of a career in, in teaching and coaching and kind of where he sees the game now and the young people that he's continuing to work with. So David Long will join us at 12.05 today. Paul Myro the fourth, our first guest, about 11.30. Don Shockley, 12.30. Coach David Long at 12.05. In the meantime, open phones. Uh, if you have anything you'd like to jump in with, 497-5356. 497-5356. Let's take a quick break, TJ. Take care of some business. Come back. Would love to hear any uh, thought, uh, uh, thoughts, calls, uh, text, uh, textual or on the phone as we continue on the Joe Beaver Show. Mike Parker with TJ. John finishing up what I hope has been a uh, kind of a recuperative kind of week, getting his voice and health and everything back and getting some well-deserved rest. We'll be back together again next week. For now, great to have you with us. Uh, Mike Parker with TJ Mathewson on the Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio. For auto glass solutions, better call the glass man. Call 541-760-2277. Call the glass man. Hi, this is Jake the Glassman. If you need your windshield repaired or replaced, you don't need to call that 800 number. Give me a call. For Auto Glass Solutions, better call the Glassman. Call 541-760-2277. Call the Glassman. If you've been putting off that home remodeling project but have finally decided to take a leap and get it done, Corvallis Floor Covering can help. 
stop by and browse through their large showroom. With a wide variety of carpet, laminate, tile, wood, and vinyl flooring, and window coverings from all the popular brands, Corvallis Floor Covering is at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown, or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local, shop Corvallis Floor Covering, and go Beavs! Cracky Cards combines the worlds of sports cards and games to bring a fresh take on your local game store. Cracking Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, and more. If you're into sports cards and games, Cracking Cards is for you. OSU fans, Cracking Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box just for you. Cracking Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. CrackingSportsCards.com, your connection to everything fun. Here at locally owned and operated Alirica Networks, we use the same service you do, so you can be rest assured that you're getting the very best internet service, whether for home, business, or enterprise. At Alirica, we make sure that each of our valued customers gets the plan that best fits their needs. So whether you require basic service or faster speeds for gaming or HD video streaming, we will make sure to match you with the plan that works best for your home or business. Alirica Networks always goes the extra mile. Give us a call or find out more at Alirica.net. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go Beavs! Well, the Texas Rangers rode into town a couple of nights ago, and tonight they're going to ride out of town, hopefully with a Mariners victory. And tonight it's game three of the three-game series between the Mariners and the Texas Rangers. I'm Rick Riz, along with Gary Hill Jr. 6.40 for the first pitch, 5.30 pregame show on your Mariners station. Marco Gonzalez takes the ball tonight for the Mariners as they look to sweep the Texas Rangers and improve to 5-1 on the homestand. Pregame at 5.30 on Joe. My favorite guest on the University Honda text line, Ken Forsh. Now, Spence didn't mention Ken Forsh, but thank you. We've gotten correct answers, and I'll just give it. Uh, but we've gotten several. Thank you. Uh, Dallas Buck, Darwin Barney, and Mitch Canham were the three that, as difficult as it would be for Spence to separa- uh, separate out any particular guy or guys, he did. He said, well, if you ask me, I'm going to say name these three. Dallas for the just the sheer competitiveness and talent, a true Friday night guy like Spence said, we got a guy now on Friday nights for us that looks like the Jokers we've been playing against Arizona State, USC, UCLA, Stanford, et cetera, and Buck was that Mm -hmm. dude. And I I read a mock draft this morning with Jerpy going 13 overall. Jerpy going 13? Okay, he's a a true Friday night guy. He is a true Friday night guy. Now, Marco pitches tonight for your Mariners, but he couldn't beat Matt Boyd back in 2013. No, he couldn't. (laughs) The Beavers the got to him. They it was like scoreless through five, and they broke through <laughs> with a big inning in the sixth against him down mm-hmm. in surprise. I didn't see the game, but yeah. but Boyd beat Marco head to head. Dallas Buck, Darwin Barney, Mitch Canham, and another texter asks: Is there a a, a Quan update? Well, you've yeah, given I'll one. But we got anything well, new? Let's re-up. No, uh, no update on Quan. He was two for three in game two of a doubleheader yesterday. He's one for two with a run scored. Uh, today and another text about the Texas first baseman should have run. I didn't. I didn't see the game or hear it. I listened to some of the game and was really 
who are these guys? You know, the guy doing the radio play-by-play, and I immediately called you and said, is there a COVID outbreak? I knew Scott Service was going to miss the Mm -hmm. game. And so I thought not hearing the familiar tones of the guy we just heard on the promo, Rick Riz or Gary Hill or Dave Sims or Aaron Goldsmith, they may have been on, somebody may have been on the TV side. Goldsmith was the only one I think who made it through. He was on TV and they brought Rich Waltz in. He's a former Marlins guy. Yeah, I know Last year, MLB, (laughs) MLB network. Um, He's pretty good on TV, uh, on radio. I I will say that it was jarring a little. It was like, who is this guy? Because you get used to just a certain Mm -hmm. flow, rhythm, flavor of of the guys. The Mariners have a great broadcast team that I really enjoy listening to. So I thought, kind of, who is this? I called you. You knew. And too many last names. And he, Frazier at third. Now, here comes France. I mean, that, I just, I, I like... Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Adam Frazier at third. It, it, it sounded that type of thing. in his defense. I know he's there on an emergency. Did sound like it was one of the, probably the first or second time all year he'd watch the Mariners. That could it, be. It sounded like, which again is okay because he's no, there in an tough. emergency. It's tough. But he did like all the things like I did. I remember when I was like in my early stages of like calling baseball games, you know, like you said, a lot of mass, last names, batting average, hitting streaks, like stuff like that. I yeah. Mean, well, not to trash Rich. I tough, think, no, Rich, I think he does a good job. It's a tough job no matter how much you you know, but he thrown into it. Good win for the Mariners. Yes. A chance for an unassisted triple play. In yes. The, the first. So it's the first inning, runners on first and second with nobody out. Jesse Winker, who's been one of the unluckiest hitters in all of baseball this season, hits just a, a screaming rocket to first base. Uh, uh, Nathaniel Lowe, the first baseman, catches it about half an inch off the ground. And I think Ty France, who was on first, and Adam Frazier on second, thought the ball skipped into his glove, not caught in the air. So Lowe is able to run to first base because both runners advance uh, each up 90 feet, France to second, Frazier to third. And uh, Lowe walks to first, steps on the bag, then tosses it over to second uh, for a triple play. And Frazier was just standing there on third. He wasn't going to go back to second. (laughs) So if Lowe wanted to, he could have done cartwheels to second base and and stepped on the second base bag for the rare unassisted triple play. There haven't been many of those in the game. I I can only think of two off the top of my head. Ron Hansen, Circa 68, and Bill Wamgans in the World Series, I Mm -hmm. believe, in 1920. I remember there's the Mets had one, I'm going to guess, about a decade ago. I don't remember who who did it, but I know... uh, I know someone did it. It, it. Their opportunity was there. And I've just, again, feel so bad for Jesse Winker because he, okay. he's been hitting the ball really well and it has not found much outfield grass. Let's get Dave in before we break and visit with Paul Myro the fourth. Dave, good morning. Welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. Good morning, uh, gentlemen. Yeah, I see the uh, the weather shaping up nicely, at least for Saturday. I, w- I won't be there for uh, Sunday's game. And, man, I'm, re- I'm really looking forward to some warm weather at the park, too, Mike. I, yeah. I need a haircut bad, but I'm not getting <laughs> a cut until the winter weather is right. over. So uh, yeah. maybe this is the point of transition. And, of course, there's no home series, Mike. I, I don't need to tell you this, really, but that I enjoy more. Then when you dub and Lindsey Meggs comes to town, <laughs> I hope the bees bury him. In fact, we're getting close with the with the uh, uh, season or league play about halfway through. So I want to start counting chickens before they're hatched, but we can start the countdown for magic numbers to clinch the the playoff uh, berth, or conversely, eliminate the University of Washington a sweep. This week, my OSU would move both of those markers along nicely. 
<laughs> well, the sweep for OSU, I understand completely. Twenty six. Remember 2016. It may not have the yeah. same overall historical. Remember the Alamo cry as it does in our country's history. But in Beaver Nation history, remember 2016 is something we'll always understand. And a win here, to, not to yeah. cut into you, Dave, uh, a win, uh, I'm sure you might have the standings up too, but a sweep for Oregon State puts Washington eight and a half out with, I think, what, yeah. three weekends left? Yeah, if the, yeah, if the, if the tournament were to start today, uh, Utah, Washington State, and SC would be out. And um, so, yeah, and uh, I mean, as much as, as much fun as it is rooting against them, I, I don't want to see them down in Scottsdale, uh, uh, pox on their houses. As, as <laughs> Mike, just briefly moving over to the major league scene. Uh, I don't know if you saw it the other day, but the Orioles at Oakland game must have been Tuesday night. Yeah. Had the lowest attendance for a home game in Oakland since the end of the 1980 season. Yeah, I saw that. And it just, go- and it just goes to show what a shame that story is down there, and what a missed opportunity, the uh, civil unrest uh, in Portland, how it victimized the city's chances maybe to lure that franchise north. Um, uh, but, uh, um, uh, again, in the, in the vein of constructive uh, criticism and commentary, maybe an update by the baseball project guys in Portland yes. would be nice to, to get them on to see what they're thinking these days. Lastly, there was a story... I saw in, the, in my local newspaper they had the list of all of the major league rosters, the payrolls. The Orioles are the second to lowest, fifty-eight million. My point is this, Mike: twenty million of that fifty-eight million is the last year of Chris Davis's back-breaking contract. It almost has almost destroyed that franchise, but they'll get out from under it this year. And all of the road commentators, as well as the home broadcast team, are pointing to the surprisingly strong pitching strength of the Orioles. So uh, all of which, there's just so much upside potential with that franchise. The Orioles have one of the strongest minor league systems in baseball now. Rutschman's got to be chomping at the bit with uh, some new strong arms out, uh, out on the mound. These guys like Rutschman coming up in, in field position play, uh, this could be something truly exciting. Houston Astros like rocketing yeah. into the top yeah. of the Orioles franchise. Watch out, Dominic. The Orioles are coming after the Yankees. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Great to talk to you. We've got Paul Myro, the fourth, coming up. Canzano wrote a column yesterday suggesting that the MLB to Portland thing, it's still alive and well and a mm. lot of stuff going on and that the door to Oakland isn't shut. It's not like if they, once they decide they're moving, they're moving to Vegas because Vegas, there's a uh, apparently an interest in an NBA mm-hmm. team down there that's taken a little wind out of the sails of yet another major league team, namely yeah. the, the A's moving there. And so I'm thinking that we, we there may be some renewed mm-hmm. energy movement towards Oakland, perhaps, to yeah, Portland. Yeah, and I... I they're A's like I think A's executives are going up they there are. this week. There's going this to be a visit to go to to, to yeah. listen to another pitch. Let's take a break. We'll come back with Paul Myro the fourth on twelve forty Joe Radio. 
Power Motorsports is kicking off spring with a huge e-bike demo event. The Tucker e-Power Tour will have event rigs on site full of e-Power vehicles to demo. It's your chance to explore, demo Fantic and Fuel e-bikes and experience the fun and mobility. Try the new Upco electric adventure vehicles and learn more about the exciting new e-lineup. Don't miss the Tucker e-Power Tour at Power Motorsports in Sublimity. Tuesday, April 26th from noon to 4 p.m. PowerMotorsports.com. Don't let your aches and pains sideline your outdoor aspirations this spring. I'm Dana Hughes, physical therapist and board-certified orthopedic specialist. I'm pleased to be accepting new patients at Sweetgrass Physical Therapy and Wellness in Corvallis by the market of choice. Did you know you're free to choose your own physical therapist? At Sweetgrass, you'll experience expert care in a relaxed and friendly atmosphere. Scheduling and billing are hassle-free. For more information, visit our website, sweetgrasspt.com. It's spring, meaning more sun, warmer weather, and golf. Become a Spring Hill Golf Club member and enjoy all the benefits of the best 18-hole championship course in the Mid-Valley. At Spring Hill Golf Club, you'll save huge sums of money in comparison to other club memberships. Spring Hill never charges any assessments or additional fees as part of monthly dues. No surprises, just compare, and you'll see that a Spring Hill Golf Club membership is the best value around. Don't miss out. Golf season is here. Call Spring Hill Golf Club for more info or visit albany-golf.com. Golf.com. Level up your quesadilla game at Qdoba with their new cheese-crusted quesadillas. Crisp things up a notch and add a golden crispy cheese crust to the outside of your quesadilla. Talk about cheese on cheese on cheese. And customize your cheese-crusted quesadilla masterpiece with any of their flavorful protein, zesty salsas, handcrafted guac, and of course, more cheese. Make your world more flavorful and try the new cheese-crusted quesadillas today. Stop by or order now at Qdoba.com or in the app. It's a party, and it's every Friday night at Highland Bowl. Thunder Alley! It starts at 10 and runs until 1230. Check out the black lights and glow and bowl to your favorite music. Thunder Alley! Includes unlimited bowling, shoes, and prizes for just 12 bucks. Call now and reserve your lane for Thunder Alley! Every Friday night from 10 until 1230. We set them up, you knock them down. Highland Bowl! Highland Bowl, 9th Street, Corvallis. We continue on the Joe Beaver Show. Mike Parker, T.J. Matthewson. T.J., a longtime Mariner fan. He, he knows the Mariners wouldn't be thrilled about a whole major league to Portland, which we'll talk about a little bit later with the talk sort of being renewed when it appeared all it may not happen. A guy that may be able to speak a little bit to the phenomenon of major league sports in his hometown Amongst other things, we mainly want to talk Beaver baseball with Paul Myro the fourth, but he does come from Las Vegas. Caden Grenier came from Henderson, and Caden absolutely loves the Golden Knights and is all over that in the NHL. And so Paul Myro the fourth joins us. Paul, welcome to the Joe Beaver Show. I want to talk about your spectacular first start ever the other night here in a minute. But as a Vegas guy growing up. Have you followed closely? Are you fans of those Vegas teams now at the major league level? Yes, I'm. Uh, I'm definitely a fan of those Vegas teams at the major league level. Um, the Knights is definitely a, a big team that just blew up there in Las Vegas, coming in in, uh, in 2018, and really just sparked the city up. Um, mm-hmm. Ended up going to the finals and lost to the Capitals, but it was uh, it was a great year. And were you enough, I mean, did you follow it to the point that, it, I mean, were you a hockey fan already? Did you become one following that team that year? 
Yeah, no, I wasn't ever really a hockey fan. I watched it a little bit growing up, but once that team came to Vegas, went to a couple games, and fell in love with the sport right away. Okay. Well, baseball is your sport, though, although in high school, I understand you competed in track and in football, so I want to kind of get... So thank you for indulging us on this whole Vegas talk. Now there's talk of the A's maybe moving there, but Oakland executives are going to be visiting Portland to take a look at that city for Major League Baseball. That, that'll work itself out. In the meantime, Paul, you made a decision to come from Palo Verde High School in Las Vegas to Oregon State. So before we even get to your first start the other night, could you kind of give us your story, how you ended up uh, becoming an Oregon State Beaver? Yeah, so I, uh, you know, I ended up going to this high school called Basic High School, and I ended up moving across town and transferred high schools. Um, and after I transferred high schools, I ended up getting in contact with uh, the recruiting coordinator here at Oregon State, and he came out, and uh, we did a workout together. Um, and he uh, brought me up on an official visit. And uh, the next thing you know, I, I committed up here on campus, and uh, that's the only thing I want to do is become a beaver after that day. So I committed here uh, to Oregon State, and it's been the best decision I've ever made. Paul, I mentioned Caden earlier. Were you how how much when you when you made the visit and all of that? Did you have some background and feel and knowledge of him of that those great teams in 2017 and 2018 and the team that won it in 18? How familiar were you with? the history of the program when you made your visit? Um, I was a little familiar with the history. Um, on my visit, I actually got to talk to uh, Grenier. He was there uh, on campus. So I got to talk to him about his experience. And, um, you know, uh, after he had talked to me, I instantly fell in love with the place even more and uh, wanted to become a part of the program just as he was. Well, we're glad you did, Paul. And yet it, you come up with, I'm sure, a great deal of um, – enthusiasm and ambition and belief that you're going to you're going to play right away you're going to play a lot it's been a it's been a long two years in terms of COVID and the shutdown in 20 and didn't play last year you're getting some opportunities this year have you kind of been kind of hanging in there persevering waiting for your time to come um uh, faith plays a big part in that just being strong in your faith and um you know I uh I, I stay driven I I'm really big on just, you know, practicing every day like it's like it's game day. Um, every game day, I go out there and I I prepare like I'm getting in the game. Um, and even because uh, you never know, someone could get injured, someone could go down, and I can get in the game. Um, so always prepare like you're getting ready for the game. And that's what I did for these last two years, and it's really paid off. Paula, we'll, again, we're coming to the game itself that you started and excelled in uh, on Tuesday against Gonzaga. Well, one of the things I mentioned during the broadcast that's impressed me about you and about Darwin Barney to some extent, too, but I've seen you after other ball games during the course of the year, after games, not before, but after long days at the yard, taking extra ground balls. And that just tells me about your devotion to getting better in your craft. What about that, the importance of that, and, and I guess in a sense how much you appreciate Darwin working with you in that way? Yes, yeah, I, you know, I, I love the game of baseball, and I want to play it as long as I can, and the way I see it is I'm going to do everything I can to be the best version of myself at this game, and I, I really do give a lot of um, courtesy to Darwin because he's helped me a lot as well, and 
also our team managers on team based spent a lot of late nights out there hitting ground balls as well so um i, I want to give a lot to them as well Paul Myro the fourth joining us here on the Joe Beaver show. Paul, this is TJ here with Mike. Was there a guy when you're, you're here, not, not playing for your first year last year in 2021 still, was there a guy you kind of on this roster that you come into and you kind of yeah, not follow him around per se, but try and absorb as much of, of what they do uh, as you can just to learn along the way. Um, you know, I would say that we all kind of do that together. We all absorb each other. All of us have different uh, forms of energy that we bring to the field. Um, and we all root for each other. When I wasn't playing for the last year and a half, whoever was playing, I'm rooting for them. And, you know, I just want the Beavers to win. And I feel like everyone on the team does that very well. Paul Myro the fourth joining us. Paul, it... <laughs> I was told when the lineups were being introduced, there was an emphasis that Hank made sure that the public address announcer, when he referred to you and when I would refer to you, that the fourth is important to you. You are Paul Myro the fourth, and that's important to you. I love it, but tell me you know, somewhat why that's who you are, your name, and you want your name given out that way. Even if somebody calls you Paul Myro, you're not going to probably you know, uh, have nothing to do with that person ever again. But why is Paul Myro the fourth an important way for you to be known? Paul, do we lose him? Well, uh, I'm not hearing a response to that. Paul, are you still with us somehow, some way? Paul, are you there? Well, let's uh, let's try again, Doc. I don't I don't think. Uh... Go ahead. It, yeah, let's yeah. try again. Let's take a quick break and regroup. We needed we sec. needed another one anyway, so we'll try Let's... again to reconnect with Paul. I don't think the the question itself would be one. What you're asking me about that? I'm done. I don't <laughs> think so. I hope not. Let's take a break and come back on 12:40, Joe Radio. Power Motorsports is kicking off spring with a huge e-bike demo event. The Tucker e-Power Tour will have event rigs on site full of e-Power vehicles to demo. It's your chance to explore, demo, Fantic, and fuel e-bikes and experience the fun and mobility. Try the new Upco electric adventure vehicles and learn more about the exciting new e-lineup. Don't miss the Tucker e-Power Tour at Power Motorsports in Sublimity. Tuesday, April 26th from noon to 4 p.m. PowerMotorsports.com. Don't let your aches and pains sideline your outdoor aspirations this spring. I'm Dana Hughes, physical therapist and board-certified orthopedic specialist. I'm pleased to be accepting new patients at Sweetgrass Physical Therapy and Wellness in Corvallis by the market of choice. Did you know you're free to choose your own physical therapist? At Sweetgrass, you'll experience expert care in a relaxed and friendly atmosphere. Scheduling and billing are hassle-free. For more information, visit our website, sweetgrasspt.com. It's spring, meaning more sun, warmer weather, and golf. Become a Spring Hill Golf Club member and enjoy all the benefits of the best 18-hole championship course in the Mid-Valley. At Spring Hill Golf Club, you'll save huge sums of money in comparison to other club memberships. Spring Hill never charges any assessments or additional fees as part of monthly dues. No surprises, just compare, and you'll see that a Spring Hill Golf Club membership is the best value around. Don't miss out. Golf season is here. Call Spring Hill Golf Club for more info or visit albany dash golf.com we have reconnected with paul myro the fourth on the joe beaver show paul i'm not sure what happened to you thanks for uh, reconnecting with us i was asking you about the importance of being known as paul myro the fourth tell us a little bit about that if you would 
Yeah, my uh, my family name means a lot to me, and the fact that I'm the fourth Paul Milo really means a lot to me. And uh, you know, I, I really look up to my father and my my grandfather as well. And um, you know, I just having that Roman numeral at the end of my name means a lot to me. Okay, good for you. Good for you. And and I'm I'm curious to know a little bit, Paul, a little bit more about you before we close with a thought about the, the big game you had against Gonzaga on Tuesday and an important win for the team. But the game of baseball, I mentioned also track and football. So what were you involved with growing up? What were your sports? What did you do in track? What position in football, et cetera? Yeah, so in track, I uh, competed in the 100-meter, the 200-meter, uh, the 400-meter, and then the 4-by-100-meter relay. Um, and then in football, I was uh, I was a quarterback in football in high school. Okay, but baseball was baseball your first love, and always the sort of thing that you had in mind for perhaps continuing after high school to keep playing. Always, yes. I've been playing baseball ever since I could remember picking up a bat. Baseball has been the thing. Yeah, and you <laughs> you've been waiting patiently, putting in the extra work. What did it mean to you? Did you know the night before? Did you get to the yard on Tuesday and Mitch says, hey, you're in? I mean, did, did Gippy or Darwin give you a heads up the night before? When did you know you were getting the start Tuesday against the Zags? Um, I, I didn't find out to the, the day of during stretch. Um, I, I was told during stretch that, uh, you know, just be ready, catch every ball and <laughs> make every throw and just have fun. Um, and so that was when I found out and it, it hit me and I was like, wow, you know, Hard work pays off, and I felt more prepared than nervous than anything, and uh, I'm just really happy that I, I worked hard. I'm glad to hear that, Paul. I was going to ask you, they, they told you, they told you, have fun. That was one of Darwin's approaches to the game. He enjoyed playing the game. You could see it in his face and in his style. But I wonder, when you know you're starting, did you allow it to be fun rather than something that created anxiety? It sounds like you... You did approach it with fun. Tell us a little bit how you were able to take that mentality to the field. Yeah, you know, I mean, there, there's, of course, there's nerves. It's uh, my, my first time starting as a Beaver, and it was, uh, you know, it was at our home field. Um, but I was just thinking about summer ball, and I told myself, just pretend you're at summer ball and having fun. Um, don't stress out and just play loose. Right. Play the game you've played your whole life, right? I mean, you know how to play shortstop, correct? <laughs> exactly, yeah. yes. And you had played a lot. Tell us a little bit about summer ball, the importance of, of getting a good run after being, you know, maybe not as much as you would have liked in games. Did you essentially play every day for Walla Walla last summer, and how valuable was that? Yes, I, I essentially played every day. Um, wasn't every day at shortstop, but I would mix in at second, third, and uh, even the outfield every once in a while for fun. Um, but that summer was huge for me. I was able to uh, go out there and get a a ton of at-bats, especially after uh, red-shirting my freshman year. Um, so getting those at-bats and all the reps was definitely very important for me. Paul Myro, the fourth, joining us on the Joe Beaver Show. You you fulfilled the mission. Go make every play. Have fun. You made every play. There was a ball up the middle that was originally scored an error, but I thought you did a great job to get to the ball, ranging far to your left. I don't know how you felt about that play, Paul, it ended up being changed to a hit, and I thought that was proper because I immediately said on the air, "Ooh, E six, that's a tough error." How did you? How do you feel about that? That that play in particular? 
uh, well, thinking about that play, um, I, I was beating myself up just for a little bit, knowing that I, I should have made a better throw. If I made a better throw, he was out. Um, but you know what? It, it's baseball, and it happens, and I'm just stoked that I was uh, able to go out there and get the opportunity. Yeah, everything else clean. Everything else was good. And even that, you showed great range to your left to make a play. Paul, what about the at-bat and driving in a run in your first at-bat as a starter how big of a moment was that? I could tell the guys were fired up in the dugout. You were too. How how sweet of a moment was that for you? Uh, I almost have no words to describe that moment. It was my first Beaver at bat and first RBI, and uh, it's almost something that you see in movies. It was it was incredible. Congratulations on that. What did Darwin say when you arrived at first? I mean, he understood the magnitude of the moment. I'm sure what it meant to you. Do you have anything in particular to say when you got there? Um, I, I don't really remember what he said. I think my heart was racing too fast. All I remember seeing is a big old smile and, uh, gave me knuckles and, uh, got ready and looked over at dip over there at third base for signs. But, um, yeah, sweet moment. It was fun to watch. I know our fans appreciated. It was great to be able to, to watch you do that, but you weren't through. You also, if, if memory serves had an O2 count in an at bat and drew a walk, which Three of your other teammates did the same thing. I want to ask you about that, Paul, in terms of strike zone discipline and how you guys ball for drawing walks is a big part of who you guys are and what you do. Down in account 0-2, you ended up drawing a walk. Take me through that a little bit and the approach you got to have when it does get to 0-2. Yeah, so in uh, one of my two-strike approach, just simplify, um, choke up slightly, and uh, – I know that if there's anything close in the zone, I'm, I'm taking a hack to get the ball and play anywhere. Um, and that, that was my approach there with, with two-strike approach. It was great to see. And then, to top it all off, you get another hit later and go two for two. So maybe by then it was old hat. I don't know if that is still one of those moments. But to have that kind of ball game, Paul, to go two for two, I, I don't know if your family or anybody was in town or not for it, if they were watching. But after the game... Were you getting some some love from your your folks, your father, your mom, et cetera? I mean, what was the kind of the aftermath of the game like for you to to contribute to such an important win? Yes, definitely. Uh, a lot of my family members and friends uh, called and were texting me after the game. They were just so happy uh, that, that I was able to get the opportunity and um, that I went out there and gave it everything I got. You know, your coach in high school said of you that he said the thing that sets Paul apart is his hustle, his physical, his toughness and hustle physically and mentally. So you've always brought that. You've also, it sounds like in reading your bio that you read to youth in your area and hometown area, you help out at a homeless shelter and a veteran's home. That sense of humility and service, you mentioned faith earlier. I'm sure it probably comes from, from that same kind of place and heart, Paul, but Tell us a little bit about those things, about you and, and why those activities and being involved in those things are important to you. Yeah, you know, growing up, my, my parents always taught me to, you know, always help others and do everything you can for others. And uh, they always taught me to work hard no matter what. Even when you're on top, keep working hard um, because there's always more goals you can achieve. So. Well, good work, Paul. Congratulations on being ready, staying ready for the opportunity. I'm sure there are 
are more to come. This is a talented, deep, competitive team with a lot of... We've seen Kyle, we've seen Jabin, Jake Ducart throughout the fall and into the uh, early part of the spring yourself. So it's competitive as can be. It sounds like in closing that even though you all want to be playing in the lineup every day, is there a collective mentality even within that, Paul, that you're all cheering for each other to go do a special thing this year? Yes, of course. I mean, when they're in the game, they're getting knocks and they're making plays. Uh, you know, we've, we've all got big smiles on our faces and we're all picking each other up. And um, I'm truly blessed to be a part of this team. We all love each other and we all have the same common goal and we want to just win games. Paul, congratulations on your part on Tuesday. Nice to meet you in this context. Thanks for taking time for us. We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you, Paul. Paul Myro, the fourth, our guest. Let's break. We'll come back. Do you have audio? You have audio of the throw. Uh, an update. The uh, throw was yesterday. I was bamboozled. The tweet was from today. The throw was from yesterday. He got but... an assist yesterday. Do we have the audio call? Ah, uh, I can find it. Okay, good. We have, for the texter who asks, is there a quad update? We'll have a quasi-update, but at least fresh audio on the show do we from want an- Stephen. Do we want another break? Yeah, let's take a quick final one. Oh, okay. No, no, no. Are you ready to go with that audio now? Because no, I wanted no. to give you time to queue it up. I don't have it. Okay, take a 60-second break and queue it up. Find right. it, find let's, it. Let's, uh, try again, as the man says in being there. Try I'm pre- again. I'm pressing wrong buttons. Try let's, again. Let's uh, Try again. And the reporter that. says right. to her boss, let's get it rolling. try again, uh, forget you, yeah. I quit. No, don't quit. Try again. We'll be back in a minute. 1240 Joe Radio. Power Motorsports is kicking off spring with a huge e-bike demo event. The Tucker e-Power Tour will have event rigs on site full of e-Power vehicles to demo. It's your chance to explore, demo Fantic and Fuel e-bikes and experience the fun and mobility. Try the new Upco electric adventure vehicles and learn more about the exciting new e-lineup. Don't miss the Tucker e-Power Tour at Power Motorsports in Sublimity. Tuesday, April 26th from noon to 4 p.m. PowerMotorsports.com. Don't let your aches and pains sideline your outdoor aspirations this spring. I'm Dana Hughes, physical therapist and board-certified orthopedic specialist. I'm pleased to be accepting new patients at Sweetgrass Physical Therapy and Wellness in Corvallis by the market of choice. Did you know you're free to choose your own physical therapist? At Sweetgrass, you'll experience expert care in a relaxed and friendly atmosphere. Scheduling and billing are hassle-free. For more information, visit our website, sweetgrasspt.com. It's spring, meaning more sun, warmer weather, and golf. Become a Spring Hill Golf Club member and enjoy all the benefits of the best 18-hole championship course in the Mid-Valley. At Spring Hill Golf Club, you'll save huge sums of money in comparison to other club memberships. Spring Hill never charges any assessments or additional fees as part of monthly dues. No surprises, just compare, and you'll see that a Spring Hill Golf Club membership is the best value around. Don't miss out. Golf season is here. Call Spring Hill Golf Club for more info or visit albany golf.com ground ball to third and it gets by a diving arias down into the left field tarp area one run is in here comes the tying run to the plate a good throw and they got him at the dish nice job by lavastina to hang on to it well this ball three one count he was ready for- keep going 
Well, I mean, they, I didn't hear the name, but Stephen Kwan. Now they're doing the replay. He, it's a, it's a, it's a nice Is it a one-hot scene? It was a one-hot scene. It was beautiful. Okay, that's the problem with television. I know, I know. I television, know. you don't need names. I could have. throw in last names, you know. I was trying to briefly log into my MLB account and go back in the radio archives, but it <laughs> oh, was, that's not, the television it was not, not remembering my uh, okay. my uh, You did my password. well. In 60 seconds, yeah. or what, or 90 it might have been. Yeah. MLB website is just sometimes a little difficult when they have all the ads in front of everything. But Just nice to have, but Quani made that throw. He did. Fabulous throw. Boy, it was so about from about 350-ish feet, about, feel give good. or take. That's a little bit of 30-ish. Yeah. You know, Carl Farillo or Kenny Farrell. I good. feel good. Yeah. Thank you. That makes Everything's better now. Everything is better. We went from a worry <laughs> to... Two for three, an assist, and a great throw. And it's I mean, they gave plaudits to the catcher. I mean, he would kind of hang on because of the tag. Is that what he was referring to? I didn't see the play. Uh, you have your screen. It in was because he talked about the catcher. Great job. Yeah, to hang on to yeah, the ball. To, I mean, he had to pick it because it was a one hop, but it was like right. you know as close to a one hop as you can. Like he almost made it there directly oh, okay. on the line and gets the tag on the runner. Uh, and then Quan today scored two runs as a hit as well. So. Ah. Life is good. Life, Life is good. good. His on-base okay. percentage is back up above 500. Or I think yeah. it, I don't know if it ever dipped below 500, but it's 533. Very nice. Barry Bonds would be proud. He would. <laughs> and a good win for the Mariners, the unassisted triple play that could have been, that didn't happen, mm-hmm. notwithstanding another good outing. Yeah, I mean, Logan was. Gilbert was fabulous. From it, what it sounded his growth like. has been very nice to see. I mean, the, the his command wasn't phenomenal yesterday, but... He really spent all offseason working on his secondary pitches. He's been more comfortable throwing both his curveball and his slider, um, working in his changeup as well, which he really he started throwing last year ever for in his all of his time pitching starts throwing his changeup last year. He's really worked it. It's a little tighter now, a uh, little more effective, easier to control. It's been nice to see, and the offense has been really good this homestand. There's really been nothing to complain about. It'll be good to, to talk to Ryan Davis tomorrow and. And, you know, get a sense he's there at the ballpark every night. Uh, I saw him bundled up yesterday. He was, wearing like, he was wearing like a beanie, mm-hmm. big jacket. It's nice and cold. An he will box. join us, the beat writer uh, for the Seattle Times on the beat for the Times, the Mariners beat, will join us tomorrow at 1130, I believe. And yep. then, you know, it's always sort of a work in progress in terms of who else joins. Uh, but we'll, we may have, may not, who knows, between now and then. I do know that... We may have some portions just as a bit of a teaser a little bit later today. This week's podcast will be with Director of Athletics Scott Barnes. And with Scott, we will talk about Damn Proud Day coming up. We'll be talking about the transfer portal a bit. We'll be talking about the Woodshop, the rollout of Woodshop with Scott's official release on the very interesting world that the Woodshop now leads us into so that'll be and we'll play a little bit of that back tomorrow on the joe beaver show just a little snippet of it and hope that you'll download (laughs) excuse me and listen to the entire podcast i'm happy for you i'm happy for you i'm happy for dave from tumblr you both have teams that you follow intently year Mm -hmm. to year dave is believing that there are great days ahead for the orioles and you are experiencing good days now for the Mariners. I'm happy. All set, please. Here's the microphone. Is this thing on? This is KEJO Corvallis. Everybody hear me? We're on in five. And QID. 1240 Joe Radio. 
I'm Jim Chesko with your Money Now. Tesla shareholders are cheering the company's results for the January through March period. The electric car maker late yesterday reported a record profit for the first quarter, adjusted earnings of $3.7 billion, crushing expectations. It said demand for its vehicles remains extremely strong. Tesla shares are up 3.6% today. Stocks are in the red overall, however. The Dow Industrial is down 230 points. The S&P 500 is sinking 50, and the Nasdaq Composite is down almost 240. U.S. oil prices rose again. The new front-month contract, crude for June delivery, rose 1.6%, settling at 103.79 a barrel. Toshiba has put itself up for auction after pressure from foreign shareholders and said it would solicit bids from investors, including those who want to take the company private. And Barbie has officially released a Queen Elizabeth doll to celebrate the Queen's 96th birthday today, plus her platinum jubilee, marking 70 years on the throne. That's your money now. If your family depends on your income and something happened to you, what would happen to them? You need life insurance, and SelectQuote can help you get it at a price you can afford. SelectQuote found Jacob, 40, who's in excellent health, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $19 a month. Not in perfect health? Don't worry. SelectQuote found Tanya, 40, who has type 2 diabetes, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for only $32 a month. We shop companies like Protective, Prudential, American General, and others to find you the company with the best rates. Give your family the security they need at a price you can afford. For your free quote, call 1-800-714-6633. That's 1-800-714-6633. Or go to selectquote.com. That's 1-800-714-6633. SelectQuote. We shop, you save. Get full details on the example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your premium could vary depending on your health, issuing company... Unified Insurance Group is your local independent insurance agency in Corvallis. They represent numerous insurance companies and specialize in auto, home, and business insurance. See Mike Eves, Taylor Starr, and Tom Worth. They'll help find an insurance plan that works best for you. If you're looking for auto, home, or business insurance, see the Unified Insurance Group, 320 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. They're your hometown team, always putting you first. If you've been putting off that home remodeling project but have finally decided to take a leap and get it done, Corvallis Floor Covering can help. Stop by and browse through their large showroom with a wide variety of carpet, laminate, tile, wood, and vinyl flooring and window coverings from all the popular brands. Corvallis Floor Covering is at the corner of 2nd and Van Buren downtown or log on to CorvallisFloorCovering.com. Shop local. Shop Corvallis Floor Covering. And go Beavs! Hi, I'm Dennis Silvers, the golf guru, with another golf minute to help give your opponents a stiff arm. Golf is a game of trying to be consistent, and when it comes to chipping, the one constant is angle of attack. The club must be on a downward arc moving into the ball. Key on your right arm to get the proper angle every time. If you bend your right arm and are lowering your right shoulder at a dress as if to hit a tee shot, then you are encouraging a faulty arc. Instead, Focus on keeping your right arm long or fully extended at address. This will result in your shoulders being fairly level. Now when you are actually making contact with the ball, straighten your right arm again, which creates a steeper angle of attack and will deliver solid contact to the ball. So remember, to help hit better chip shots, which will help you score better, just keep your right arm long and you'll be long gone from your opponents. For the Golf Minute, I'm Dennis Silvers. 
At the United States Postal Service, we deliver packages fast and affordably, so you can give your customers what they want when they need it. We're delivering for one-stop shops, mom and pops, pop-ups, startups, retail, wholesale, large-scale, small biz, big box, customers, customizers. So no matter what business you're in, we'll always be delivering for you. USPS, delivering for America. Learn more at usps.com slash delivering. Kelly Blue Book is the one-stop shop for pricing, fixing, selling, and instant cash offering. Instant cash offer is exactly what it sounds like. An official offer to buy or trade your car. Woo-hoo! Just enter your VIN or license plate. Answer a few questions about your car's history and what kind of condition it's in. In minutes, you'll receive an offer to sell or trade your car that you can be sure is fair. Then choose a dealer to purchase your car and schedule a time to meet. For all of the it's, kbb.com. It's time for the Joe Beaver Show on 1240 Joe Radio with Mike Parker and John Warren, a duo daily making tough decisions in the world of social media. On Facebook. You are unfriended. On Twitter. Do you follow me? Yes. Well, stop following me. I'll have you arrested. Standing up to belittlement. Get this bum out of here. But appreciating those that get it. They ain't got it too easy, these fellas trying to tell you what a game is like on the radio. And always trying to win over the skeptical. There's a little toy you'll never have any use for. Uh, The radio. Ah, yes, the radio. But not just any radio. 1240 Joe Radio and the Joe Beaver Show. And now, here they are. They, they, the ominous they. Mike Parker and John Warren. John is actually uh, getting a well-deserved vacation, but when I mentioned John's name to our next guest, he remembered John Warren's name from uh, the days at uh, in Lake Oswego. So, John, I know you'll be glad to hear that, and it uh, it is an honor for us to welcome our next guest. His name is David Long, and he is the son of the legendary coach Sonny Long, who passed away at the age of 87 years of age. Uh, and so first, first, first and foremost, we really appreciate the fact that David would take time in what I'm sure is still a period of mourning and grief for a father and a great man and educator and coach to take time for us today here in the Mid Valley on the Joe Beaver Show. So let's welcome in David Long to the show. And David, with that, I've had a couple of texts from people who knew your father and they pass along their condolences. We do as well. We appreciate you taking the time. How are you doing, coach? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right. I, he, yeah, I miss him. I miss him every day. I mean, he's, he's my dad, you know, so, um, but, you know, he, he passed peacefully. There wasn't a struggle. Um, he lived a long life and a good life, a great life, actually. So, you know, I'm, you know, we're, we're doing all right. We're yeah. doing, you know, doing the best we can with it. And, uh, but, uh, I'm sure, There'll be times where, you know, I want to pick up the phone and call him or go see him, and he's, he's no longer there. We all go through this. So, um, but, you know, it's, it's okay. I mean, he's, like I said, I, I feel good that he didn't struggle there at mm-hmm. the end. He had a, his health was solid right up to the last couple months of his life. So, um, you know, he lived a good life. 
And David, I understand there will be a memorial service or a tribute of sort uh, coming up. Is that in May sometime? Do you have a date, time, and place? Yeah, yeah, it's May 28th um, at Lake Oswego High School in the gym that he spent lots of hours in. Um, and uh, over there at Lake Oswego, they're gracious enough to, to host um, this celebration of life for him on May 28th. Uh, I know it's Memorial Day weekend, but... Um, it's Saturday the 28th. I believe the time is, I believe, 2 to 4. Uh, you know, and it'll, it should be out soon on the exact time, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's going to be um, from 2 to 4 on, uh, I know the date, the 28th okay. for sure, and I yeah. believe from 2 to 4 o'clock. And David, the sense I get, David Long, our guest, uh, uh, a gathering such as this is necessary for your father because of the long time and... and many deep impacts he made on people. So a gathering people who want to come and, and pay tribute to him is important and necessary. What have you been hearing from people in these days, David, about, you know, people who've reached out to you about your father? Right. Right. Yeah. I get emails every day. I get text messages. Uh, some people I don't know at all. They just, they give me the class of class of 80 class of you know, 72 class of, and then, but many of mine remember, I remember, I know who they were. Uh, I grew up in that gym at Lake Oswego, um, my whole life, uh, played tennis and basketball for my dad and, and, uh, went to a lot of his games, even when I came home from college and watched his teams. Uh, so I remember, I even remember the teams from the sixties when I was just a little kid. I remember those teams and, um, so yeah, we have had a lot of people reach out on, uh, Facebook and um, you know, other social media sites, and uh, uh, and then personally to my phone, uh, they've been able to get a hold of my number somehow or my email here at school, um, and it's great. It's great to hear these people, and the, um, they all leave a short little message on what the impact he made on their lives. And I mean, my dad was tough. He was old school. Um, you don't, you don't find, I don't think you can coach his style anymore nowadays. I don't think it's even possible. Um, and I think most of these people realize those lessons later on in life when they became young adults themselves. I think m many of them appreciate it later uh, in their 20s when they realized, you know, life is not going to be uh, a piece of cake every day. And, and these lessons that he taught them and the style uh, I think paid off for a lot of these athletes that were lucky enough to play for him. Interesting, everything you just said. David Long himself, you are just retiring after 32 seasons coaching at Columbia River High School in Vancouver. When you talk about old school and discipline and tough and maybe even the style that your father engaged in coaching would be difficult in a sense today and in today's climate and so on, can you speak to that a little bit, David, in terms of what you mean by that? And and yet, are there still some things in his approach and style that, that you engaged in these last 30 years? Yeah, I you know, it's really interesting. I got my job here at Columbia River uh, back in 1992 because because of my dad's style. His style got me this job. I, we, I was a teacher. It was my first teaching job over here in Vancouver. Um, I teach marketing, and so it's a, a limited, not a lot of openings. You know, schools have lots of math openings and science and history, but marketing, you take the job wherever you can get it. And I happened to land my first teaching job here out of college years ago, and 
I was, uh, I did, I was coaching the girls basketball team. Um, at the last minute, the coach, uh, re- uh, resigned a month before the season and they knew I coached basketball with my dad a little bit, helped them over there at Lake Oswego. So anyway, I ended up coaching the girls for two seasons and then, but I still lived in Lake Oswego and commuted, uh, back and forth every day. And I also coached the girls tennis team. My dad and I coached together. He coached the boys. I would coach the girls. And so Columbia River actually scheduled a game with uh, Lake Oswego, one of my dad's last years. And it was one of Columbia River's best teams ever. Coach Gene DeTore, great coach here, good friend of mine, had a lot of success here at Columbia River. And he was retiring that year. That was his last year. He had a phenomenal team. They ended up trophying at States uh, that year. They were really good. They were big, you know, 6'10", 6'8", 6'7". They were good. And it wasn't one of my dad's better teams at all. It was very mediocre squad he had that year. And I went to the game. It was at Lake Oswego. And I sat there literally on the half court line in the bleachers with one foot on the Columbia river side, the other foot on the Lake Oswego side. Cause I was, you know, I was kind of playing Switzerland at the time. And so, um, and, uh, uh, Lake Oswego, my dad just picked Columbia river apart, just picked them apart. And, they won by about 18 and in the fourth quarter, my athletic director called me up to the top of the bleachers and he sat and I sat down next to him and he looked at me and he said, can you do what he's doing? Meaning my dad. And I said, yeah, that's what I, that's the only basketball I know. And that's the night I got the job. My athletic director wanted that program in our, in his gym. And, uh, he knew our head coach at Columbia river was retiring that year. And that's the night I got the job. I mean, I got the job because, that style is can win a lot of games, um, and uh, and like I said, it's the only style I, I grew up with. It's the only style I know. So um, his attitude was um, no nonsense. He was very serious. He was unbelievably organized. I mean, he was just his work ethic was phenomenal. I mean, his scouting reports and his teams were never not prepared. I mean, if if you beat Lake Oswego, you just had a better basketball team. Uh, it wasn't because he wasn't prepared. Um, and, um, and so he expected his kids, his players to be disciplined. Uh, we did a lot of things. It was shirts and ties every day in game day. You couldn't even let your uniform hit the floor. If it had Lakers on it, it stayed on your body or on the bench. It never hit the floor, uh, in the locker room, uh, just little things like that, that you were on time, boy, you were never late. Um, just those little things that in life are really, really important. And he instilled that, he instilled that discipline. He had smart kids, uh, kids that understood the system. His system was not easy. It was very complicated. Um, and it was not equal opportunity. It was, if you could shoot, you were going to get the shots, you know, and he made sure the good shooters got good shots and good spots. And, um, you know, it's I, like I said earlier. I think the kids really realized later in life how much he meant, and uh, we're really happy they were they got to play for somebody with that style because I think that type of discipline pays off uh, later on in life. So, um, you know, they tell me that all the time. He was tough, but he was fair. He was very fair. <laughs> David Long, our guest on the Joe Beaver Show, reflecting on. The passing of his legendary father, coach, Sonny Long, 36 seasons at Lake Oswego. And then, what, what a beautiful full circle, David. It, he didn't, when you, after he retired at L.O., 
did he come up and help you a little bit too? Was he on your bench as an assistant to yeah. you? Yeah, yeah. You, people called him my assistant. What a joke that was. <laughs> I mean, you know, so um, he was our basketball consultant. You know, when he retired at Lake Oswego, he worked about three or four years in the NBA. He was a advanced scout for the Charlotte Hornets and Denver Nuggets um, for three or four seasons and traveled all over the West Coast whenever they made it out to the West Coast. Charlotte, he would go in advance and scout, you know, Laker games or Sonics or whatever back in those days when Sonics Mm -hmm. were around. But, um, and, uh, and then he, and then he retired up, he and his wife, Marion moved up to a battleground on five acres wilderness, really nice community up there. And he was taking care of his uh, property garden and then he had a tractor, he had a little putting green and, and, uh, you know, just kind of enjoying life. They traveled a bit. And then he'd come to some of my games um, in the late 70s. And he'd just sit up in the stands. I could never get him to actually come into practice. He just, you know, he just kind of stayed away. But he'd come to games and he'd take notes, meticulous notes. I still have them all. And he'd talk to me after every game and we'd go over his notes. And then about once a week he'd come in the gym and talk with the kids and go over his notes and they'd sit in the bleachers and they wouldn't move when he, he could really command a room boy when he spoke everyone you just froze and you just locked in and paid attention and they really respected him they understood what he had done um and then in 2000 i had a really good team uh state tournament team that went up and i talked him into going to the state tournament with me and sitting on the bench for the first time in, in the year 99 2000 so we drove up to Seattle Center there um, and uh, went in state tournament. Our first round was a tough one. We played Seattle Prep, and they were loaded. We were pretty good. We were pretty good. And and we ran the floor. We ran a spread offense. Many of the kids that played for him was called Patty, um, and they would know what that is, and that frustrated the hell. He used to beat Benson and Jeff and Grant and those teams with that offense. It was an offense that was a disciplined offense that when you didn't have the athletes, you know, to compete. You know, those teams that score 80, 90 a game and you score 50, 60. I've always said you can't take throwers to a track meet and put them in the sprint events. You know what I'm saying? And, <laughs> and so we spread the floor and we made back cuts and we were ahead at halftime, you know, and Seattle Prep was one of the top two teams in the state and um, two, three Division One kids. They were really good. And we abandoned the game plan. My kids got greedy in the second half <laughs> and abandoned the game plan and we got beat. Okay. And when we got back to the van and we're heading home, he turned to me and he said, okay, this is what we got to do next year to get these kids prepared to put teams away in the second half. And he starts going over. And that's when I got him. He hooked, he hooked. (laughs) And he was at every practice from then on for 20 years. He was in my gym, probably 90% of the practices and a hundred percent of the games. He never missed a game. He was on the bench. Um, for 20 years. And it was a wonderful way. I coached for 32 years and 20 of it. I had my dad next to me mm. every day, you know, and that was, that was really cool to have him in the gym for, for all the practices. He'd go to the JV practices. He'd help the RC squad freshmen. Um, he just kind of moved around and helped out. And then he sat on the bench, both the JV and varsity games, uh, for 20 straight years. It was, uh, he was a fantastic resource and we went scouting together. I mean, we scouted, I, I mean, we'd go all the way up to Bellingham, the scout. He'd travel, you know, he's 70-something years old, and he's 
you know, climbing up into a yellow school bus again. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he loved high school basketball. And his grandsons played for him. My boys, I had two boys that played for me, and they were both good athletes and good players. And uh, that, he cherished those years, too, when, when his grandsons, uh, he got to coach them. That was pretty cool. David, that's just beautiful, a beautiful life. Uh, everything you're saying, it, it's just, uh, it, it warms the heart to hear it. And then is it in kind of full circle, your own son has been on your bench or helped you with your program now, too. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, I've got my youngest boy was a good player. He's he's the third leading scorer in school history here. He was a heck of a basketball player. He could really score and a good athlete, one of the top golfers in the state as well. Um, and he's now getting his degree in education. He wanted was originally in accounting and changed it um, into education. He wants to coach and teach. He wants to do the same thing we do mm-hmm. or did, and uh, and so. Um, He's uh, he's on my bench now. This is his third year as my freshman coach, and he does a really good job. He's a smart kid. He's smarter than I am, so uh, he'll make a really good, really good basketball coach as well. You know, the other thing, really quick, my dad loved being the basketball consultant instead of that. You know what he didn't have to do? He didn't have to be the heavy anymore. That was my job. He loved not being the heavy, the guy that you know. He didn't scream and yell at kids. He didn't. Uh, he really calmly worked with kids one-on-one, and I know he really enjoyed His style changed when he came here to Columbia River. He just he mellowed, and he really appreciated He had a good sense of humor, too. A lot of people, if you just saw him coach, you wouldn't think that. But mm-hmm. when you got to know him, he had a really kind heart and a great sense of humor, and he loved little things in life. He, he noticed all the little things, and uh, kids loved when they work because he took time to work with kids individually and he didn't have to be the bad guy. He always told me no one wants to win more than the head coach, you know, no one. And so you're going to take losses a lot harder than the kids are and the parents and everybody else. But, uh, you got to bounce back and you got another game, you know? And so, um, you know, he really enjoyed his role in, in our basketball programs still, you know, I mean, those are, you know, that's 20 years of kids going through there. That's hundreds and hundreds of athletes that got to play for him here at Columbia River as well, which is, which is really cool. Oh, it's all, it, it's all so good. I, that David, we're not going to have enough time uh, to, to go into deeper detail on some of these things. But when you mentioned, I'm just curious about style. When you talked about, you know, he, he was glad that he didn't have to be the heavy anymore. And then you talked about, you know, you used the phrase screaming and yelling. What I wonder a little bit is, would you be, would you, you know, be candid enough to say that maybe people saw that when he was a coach at LO, that he did engage in some of that, that maybe when you say you can't coach a certain way anymore, I mean, are you referring at all to that type of thing too? Yes. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. Kids, Kids are different, and I'm not saying it's. I'm not saying the good old days. I'm not right. saying that it was way better back. I, I don't want to go there. I just mm-hmm. think kids are different. I think there are some kids. I think. I think out of love, some of our parenting, um, some kids are a little soft because we're we we try to. We don't want our children to be hurt mm-hmm. in any way in life. We just don't want it. We want to. It's it's natural to protect yeah. and nurture our children, and so. You know, it's the old participation ribbon. You know, everyone gets a trophy. Everyone get. you know, you leave a pizza party and your third-grade soccer team didn't win a game, but everyone's going out the door with a trophy, you know. And, and, and 
you know, he, you had to earn it. You had to earn it. And, um, yeah, he was, he was very stern and demanding. Uh, he just wanted things done the right way. He wanted, he demanded execution. You don't cut corners. You don't, you know, you do things the right way. He always said, have it come down to shooting. Don't get beat for any other reason, hmm. but have it come down to shooting. And you don't want to get out rebound. You don't want to get out execute. You don't want to get sloppy. You don't want to have turnovers. You don't want those things to be the factor in a ball game. The other team outshot you. They deserve to beat you. You know, and so he was very demanding. And that style today, I'm not saying you have to coddle kids, but um, you can't treat. You have to treat every kid a little different today because they are different. Mm-hmm. They're just different people. Mm-hmm. And coaching style, you have to be um, very understanding of kids and um it's just different it's just different than when he back in the 60s and 70s in his heyday you know he was the taskmaster and everybody hey you just he was the authority figure and that's you listened and you did what he now kids question why and kids you know kids feelings get hurt and um it's tough. It's tough to coach the way he coached. And he didn't coach that way with me because he didn't have to. Mm-hmm. You know, that wasn't his role. And um, like I said, I don't think that that style goes very far anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that's even a bad thing. I think. Right. Um, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm saying right. I'm just kind of tracking with what you're saying. You're not saying it's a bad thing the way things have evolved necessarily. They are just different, though, and, and certain styles yeah. and approaches are required today that maybe, you know, that your father engaged in in the 70s that might not play as well today. Correct. Right, right. Correct. You know, they say it's it's not – they don't remember what you say. They remember how you made them feel, you know, and that's that's the generation we're in today. You know, how does that coach make you feel? And regardless whether you won games or not, do you feel good about what happened in that season? And I think, you know, that there's something to be said for that. That's not all bad. Mm-hmm. I think you want, you want people to like you, but your job is also to win games, you know, and, and uh, we don't give you up playing time equally. We don't, you know, yeah. like I said, not everyone gets the same number of shots, the best. And, um, but, uh, you know, it's just a different style that I think coaches nowadays have to be uh, just a little more upbeat, a little more encouraging, and, and we'll, I don't know about demanding. Demanding, I still I still demand our kids do things the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I was as hard on kids as my dad. Maybe I was at times, but um, like I said, kids have changed. The world's changed. I mean, athletics have changed, um, and I think you got to, you can still demand kids do things right. You just have to do it the right way, okay. I guess. David, final thing, and uh, yeah. really appreciate your time. But the final thing you mentioned, you mentioned, uh, I think you mentioned Jeff Stout. I'm not sure, but Jeff and Bill yeah. Hanslick, your teammates with him, those are tremendous players that your well, dad coached. I'm wondering, yeah. you know, when he had players like that, did he vary things at all? I know Ralph said, Ralph Miller said, yeah. he let Gary Payton play a little bit more, even go out of the yeah. system at times. I'm just wondering yeah. about Jeff and Bill and players like that that oh. your dad coached. Yeah, no question. No question. That was that was probably the best team he's ever had. Um, you know, it was that team in 76, 77, uh, when Hanslick, he had, he had two Hanslicks. He had Hanslick's older brother. Um, and, uh, and then Bill, Bill went on to 
he was a first round draft pick from the from Sonics in the NBA. Went on to play at Notre Dame, and then you know six seven shooting guard. Had several years, dozen years or so in the NBA, and um, Stout was a, just an outstanding shooter. This is before the three point line. You know, Stout could had unlimited range. Um, six five shooting guard went down and played for Ralph at Oregon State. Uh, along with Radford and Bloom, he was in that same class. That was a phenomenal class of of, of players in '77. Um, and yes, he let those guys. You know, the team scoring average was significantly higher in those days because those guys could really run the floor and, and shoot and score. They could just they were just tremendous scores. And so, yeah, he he did change. My that's one thing I love about my dad's system, and I do the same thing. I change with the style of players I get. I don't try and shove a round peg in a square hole. I don't have one style. I go, mm-hmm. there's years we press and run and score in the 80s, and then there's other years that, God dang it, if I'm going to beat you, I'm going to keep it in the 40s and 50s. Right. You know, it's just it's a tempo thing. And his tempo went up quickly when he got those players. Those two or three years when he had those, those players that could really fill it up. And, uh Yes, he did change. He had to. I mean, you right. just, and why wouldn't you when you had talent like that? Boy, it was, they were fun to watch. David, and play with. David, it's players. been an honor to visit with you. I hope maybe down the road we can do it again. And uh, thank you for taking time. Again, our condolences from a lot of listeners who said that your father impacted their lives. I'm sure you're, you're continuing and will continue to hear that. It's been a real uh, honor to have you on the show today. And thank you so much for taking time. All right, Mike. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great trip down to Atlanta with DECA, too, which we didn't even talk about. But have a, have a yeah. great trip, uh, Coach. We appreciate it. Uh, all right. All right, Mike. Thanks. Thanks, David. David Long, our guest. Another outstanding coach, Don mm-hmm. Shockley, joins us next from the OSU women's golf team, which had its best-ever finish at the Pac-12 championships, finishing up yesterday at the Eugene Country Club. Coach Shockley next on 1240 Joe Radio. Crack Your Cards combines the worlds of sports, cards, and games to bring a fresh take on your local game store. Cracking Cards in downtown Corvallis carries sports cards, Pokemon cards, MTG cards, and more. If you're into sports cards and games, Cracking Cards is for you. OSU fans, Cracking Cards has a dedicated Oregon State alumni box just for you. Cracking Cards, 114 Southwest 3rd Street in downtown Corvallis. CrackingSportsCards.com, your connection to everything fun. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team, and go beeves whether you're looking for your first job or an exciting career change at ntech we're looking for you ntech is growing and offers entry-level wages starting at 19 to 23 dollars an hour as well as excellent pay and benefit opportunities for established professionals immediate full benefit eligibility health insurance 401k life and disability tuition reimbursement and so much more career opportunities from entry level to professional are available to start enjoying the career you've always wanted visit entek.com ntech.com and click the career tab. We're excited to meet you. 
Level up your quesadilla game at Qdoba with their new cheese-crusted quesadillas. Crisp things up a notch and add a golden crispy cheese crust to the outside of your quesadilla. Talk about cheese on cheese on cheese. And customize your cheese-crusted quesadilla masterpiece with any of their flavorful protein, zesty salsas, handcrafted guac, and of course, more cheese. Make your world more flavorful and try the new cheese-crusted quesadillas today. Stop by or order now at Qdoba.com or in the app. It's a party, and it's every Friday night at Highland Bowl. Thunder Alley! It starts at 10 and runs until 1230. Check out the black lights and glow and bowl to your favorite music. Thunder Alley! Includes unlimited bowling, shoes, and prizes for just 12 bucks. Call now and reserve your lane for Thunder Alley! Every Friday night from 10 until 1230. We set them up, you knock them down. Highland Bowl! Highland Bowl, 9th Street, Corvallis. It's spring, meaning more sun, warmer weather, and golf. Become a Spring Hill Golf Club member and enjoy all the benefits of the best 18-hole championship course in the Mid-Valley. At Spring Hill Golf Club, you'll save huge sums of money in comparison to other club memberships. Spring Hill never charges any assessments or additional fees as part of monthly dues. No surprises, just compare, and you'll see that a Spring Hill Golf Club membership is the best value around. Don't miss out. Golf season is here. Call Spring Hill Golf Club for more info or visit albany-golf.com. Well, here we go uh, on a day that we've been busy with Paul Myro the fourth Beaver shortstop making his first start and coming through in a big way. A little bit out of our lane, but still think in keeping with some of the things we talk about on a regular basis here, teaching and coaching and educating how one era differs from another. And we continue today on a busy show with Oregon State women's golf coach Don Shockley, whose team is coming off a record-setting, unprecedented performance in the Pac-12 championships. The previous best finish in the Pac-10s was back in 92-93, a sixth-place finish. Finishing up yesterday with an amazing round, the best round of any team uh, in the Pac-12 championships. The Beavers finished in a tie for second with Stanford in the Pac-12 championships. And, you know, Don Shockley, the head coach, told Sean Scheffler afterwards, it's still kind of waiting for it to sink in, sort of the magnitude of the achievement and perhaps the pride involved with what her team went out and did the past three days in Eugene, but yesterday in particular. Coach, it's been a little more, it's about 24 hours now removed. Has it sunk in a little bit more? And if so, just what are your thoughts about what your team just accomplished? Yeah, it's getting there. It's starting to sink <laughs> in. Um, you know, it's it's honestly, it, I'm so proud of them and, just the way they, their attitudes, their mentality going down there and, and knowing that we were going to have some crappy weather and then really not letting it impact them. And, um, yeah, it's, it's still sinking in. Um, obviously, it's a really, really strong conference that we compete in. Um, and so to be able to come out with a second place is pretty spectacular. So pretty fun. No doubt. You were playing well, but what happened yesterday in terms of it all coming together for a three-under 285, the best score on the course. We'll talk about your lineup in a moment. But what what did you kind of see your uh, student-athletes kind of dealing with those first couple of days and then finishing so strong yesterday? You know, I think they had a chip on their shoulder. You know, I, I think they, you know, Kelly and I knew that this was possible from this team. And obviously, again, the conference is so strong. Uh, you could have a really good week and finish fifth. So 
um, like I said earlier, they were mentally there. They were excited to go out to play, um, regardless of it being rainy and squeegee and greens. They were ready to go, and they wanted to get that round in. And, you know, a lot of the teams are complaining and, and whining about the weather, and they never did once. You know, the rain delay the second day, we were out there for a long time. They never let it get to them. They did their schoolwork. They took advantage of the delays and um, and then just kind of came out firing and ready to go. Um, we had a good feeling about it, good game plan going into how to manage the golf course, manage the weather. And um, I would just say this is probably one of the mentally toughest that they have been um, from a, just from the standpoint of wanting to play and it didn't matter what the weather was. That's so impressive, Don, and really good to hear. Now, while while you and no, your uh, student athletes were not there, they were not complaining. I'm just wondering now, after the fact, if you could perhaps address how rough was the weather, how bad were the conditions, and what did they have to deal with? You know, honestly, I don't. We practice in all the time, and we talk about that. We can play in anything. Um, we practice in rain and play in rain. I will say the greens were a bit wild. Uh, we were squeezing greens. Um, I know Kelly and I spent several, um, I'm not going to lie, I'm a little sore from all the squeegee um, <laughs> that we did, but, you know, I think we just wanted to make it happen. And so that's different, um, but they were patient, right? They let us take the time to squeegee it, make sure it was right. Um, it never got to them. They never complained about the water. Um, so, you know, I think there is an advantage to that, and, and we are used to it. Um, we're used to the ball spinning and uh, how the greens are responding, so... They just managed themselves really well, and all across the board, this was a total team effort. Um, everyone contributed and, and had a huge part in this, and I think that's what also makes this so fun. Don Shockley, our guest on the Joe Beaver Show, the OSU women's golf team, the best finish ever at the Pac-12 Championships, tying for second the past three days down in Eugene, and led by Kelsey Webster, who tie, ties for fifth. Tell us a little bit about Kelsey. We've never had her on the Joe Beaver show that we should, we should fix that here soon. But what about Kelsey, a transfer from Colorado, a career best tie for fifth, 12 birdies through three rounds, the most of any player in the field. What did you see kind of as the season went along to be able to finish the pac 12s this way? I, you know, maturity. I think that she battled from, um, on the, she didn't play for us the first two events in the spring. Um, she was very self-aware and, and just didn't feel like she was ready to compete. And she did a lot of self-reflecting and digging deep and getting herself back ready. And I couldn't be more proud of her for that and that ability to do that and take her time and um, put the team first and know that she wasn't ready. And so for her to come back out, she got in, got in a better headspace and started working really hard. And um, she was frustrated uh, after the first two rounds because she kept getting in under and couldn't quite get in the house under and we had a really good chat um the night before the final round and we just said hey you got to have that belief in yourself you can do it and you got to stay at it one shot at a time um remind yourself that you can do it uh, and she did an awesome job yesterday you know we were checking in on her every once in a while but honestly she went out there and did it um she's an awesome she's kind of the glue uh everyone gets along with her she's got great energy um, she didn't play that great at CU, but we always knew that she had the potential to, to do something special here. And so to see her do that and watching her really develop and, and grow and play so well in, in the conference championship, is, it's fun to see. And, and again, super proud of her. 
L.A. Slama ends up in 13th. She had a, a strong final round from what I understand, uh, Don. Ellie was a guest of ours last week going into the Pac-12s and has been on the show a lot. We've, we've loved interacting with her, engaging with her. What a, what a tremendous talent in person. Before we even get to how she finished in Eugene, I wanted to ask you, since I'd read the quotes about what happened at Augusta National with respect to weather and how you felt uh, you were <laughs> quoted as saying that you just, it was a, you said, you said, quote, I'm gutted for Ellie, <laughs> unquote. And that's, that's a strong reaction on your part because you saw what she had to deal with back there, right? Right. Yeah. You know, I think that's something that, you know, it makes our sport challenging, unique, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, she was had the momentum going. She was right in the cut line, and you run out of daylight due to weather, and, you know, you you gotta you got to battle what the conditions are going to be the next day, and you're sleeping on it, and... Not many sports go out and, you know, do like starting the third inning and then taking the mm-hmm. night off and restarting the fourth inning. So um, it's a challenge, you know. Um, so it was obviously, I know how badly she wanted it. and She's so driven and, and goal-oriented. And so it was hard. It was really hard to see because you don't know what the weather's going to be the next day. It can be more challenging. And, again, that momentum piece. So, um, again, with her even this week, I'm glad we got 54 holes in. I knew she'd come out strong. Um, she wanted it bad um, to get in there and, and play well and to prove herself, and, and she did that. So, um, you know, I think for all of this, it's all always learning, and you can't you can't do anything about the weather. That's the unfortunate part, but that's the challenge and just the mental capacity, what it takes to turn off, turn on. You know, whether it's any kind of weather delay, we had shoot four hours of weather delay on the second day, and again, mm-hmm. you just kind of got to battle your emotions and. Um, be ready to go when they say it's time. Issy Taylor fires a one under 71 yesterday, finishes 20th. Chase Gomez ties for 19th, even par. Maddie Sun finishes 23rd, tied for tied for uh, 23rd. Uh, with you know, so I'm just wondering about the rest of those. If you could give us a thought about the seasons each of those uh, players, Issy, Chase, Maddie have had, and how, how just again how much we said it was a total team effort how they were part of this great team effort. Yeah, again, I think um, attitude is everything this week. Um, Izzy struggled the second round, and we had a great chat the night before and, you know, kind of what she needed to do and, and, and expectations and all that, and she was ready to go. She had a great attitude about it. You know, she's had some off and on this year. Um, she missed a couple events for us. She played a couple good rounds at Meadow Club, um, you know, and so I think she really has been learning throughout the year. Um, again, working with people, and we have a, um, a sports psychologist we're working with, and she's been working with him, and um, she's really battled. You know, she loves the team aspect of this, and you could see it when she came in yesterday so excited and, you know, grinding it out there yesterday to get it done. So um, fun to see her. She struggled in the fall and just kind of rebooted herself over the winter and, and got that going. So. I'm obviously extremely proud of her, the way she fought yesterday and, um, and got it done. Um, and then Maddie is even, you know, just a really cool story. Um, we could take a sub this week. We weren't sure if we were going to play Danique or Maddie. And we said, are you ready? And she said, give me a chance. Um, and we went out and really game planned really well in the practice round for her. Um, she struggled a bit and just feeling the nerves and pressure, but she did an awesome job and, and, that kid works so hard and wants it so bad. So to see her actually 
um, get out there and compete with the best. I mean, this conference just shows you can finish in the top 20 in this conference. You're doing pretty good. So um, just she's pretty new in golf, and we knew bringing her in that she was going to work hard and she was going to develop. And so it's been a process for her and some patience. And so I couldn't be more proud of the way she fought and battled her nerves and um, did everything that she could to help this team and set goals and, and go out and accomplish them. So overall, you know, I could say I could talk hours about it, but in, in general, just the energy that they had, the belief they have, and that's just what we have to keep going, use this momentum and, and get through regionals. We'll talk about that in, in closing in just a moment. When you say of Maddie, quote, she's pretty new in golf, unquote, what does that mean in your world? How long has she been playing? Is there any advantage at all to pick, if you're a good athlete and coachable, to pick up the game later and not develop bad habits and get a good foundation right from the start? Or are those early years when you're playing, when you're four, five, six, seven, eight years old? I mean, what is the balance between the two, and when did she start picking up the game? Well, you know, she's been playing it for a while. And then when I say that, I mean more from the competitive standpoint, right? It's one thing to go and practice and play for fun, um, which obviously all of these ladies have done. But to really play competitively, she hasn't done that a ton. You know, she redshirted last year, so she didn't get any competition in, under her last year. Um, so it's more from a competitive standpoint. It's that the different nerves that you feel in competition that you can't feel anywhere else, no matter what we put them through. Uh, competition nerves are different. And so it's more so from this perspective of playing in those competitions, feeling the nerves, getting it done um, in that situation. So that's more so what I mean as far as new to the game. Um, And Denise, the same. You know, she has played for the Dutch team and played some national events, but also pretty, pretty new in it. So I think that's what's really cool about all of this team is we know that. We know we bring in, you know, these these players that we want to develop and help them. And sometimes the tournaments are good and sometimes they're not as good. And that's part of uh, having a bit, what we call their raw, right? They, um, we want to develop and we want to work with them. So when it, it works out that it all, you know, comes together at your conference championships, it's uh, it's a surreal and, and, and cool feeling. A beautiful thing indeed to finish tied for a second at the Pac-12s. Now you find out, Coach, next week about regionals. Tell us a little bit about the format's been tweaked or teams added or sites added. What What's different this year? Yeah, they've added sites. So last year there were four sites, um, five, six teams from each site go. Now we've got six sites, four teams from each site go. So, um, you know, that's something we said, you know, Kelly and I said to them the night before the last round is, hey, this is our chance. This is a practice run for regionals. Let's get in the top four. Um, let's make some noise and, and see and get some confidence to know that if you can do it here, you can do it at regional. So, you know, we'll see where we get shipped, um, you know, with two extra sites. It really could be anywhere. So I think the cool thing about this team is they're excited no matter what. Um, wherever we go, we'll be ready and we'll prep them and, and get out there and see what happens. Don, congratulations on a tremendous season that isn't over yet, but a, an unprecedented historical finish in the Pac-12s. Way to go to you and, and to all of your uh, players, student-athletes at Oregon State. Don, great job, and congratulations. Thanks for making time for the show. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Go Bees. Don Shockley, our guest. A final break coming up. They'll find out their destination next Wednesday. 
We will close with maybe a quantity update, maybe more. I don't know what we got, but we've got something. We'll be here, I hope, when the break ends on 1240 Joe Radio. If you're an experienced modeler or maybe you're just starting out, Trump's Hobbies is there to help. Trump's carries the latest in RC cars, boats, airplanes, and helicopters, plus drones, model trains, fantasy games, paints, parts, and supplies. Trump's is an old-fashioned hobby shop that's been around answering questions and fixing problems since 1972. Build it, drive it, fly it. Trump's Hobbies in the Timber Hill Shopping Center in Corvallis, bringing enjoyment to life. You can depend on Middleton Heating for all your heating, cooling, venting, and sheet metal needs. Have you cleaned your dryer vents this year? If not, call Middleton. Their trained technicians will inspect and clean your dryer venting system with the Rotobrush Vent Cleaning Machine. Plus, they can make any needed repairs for optimum efficiency. Clean dryer vents prevent fires, increase drying efficiency, prevent mold, and increase the life of your dryer. Give Middleton a call to schedule today online at middletonheating.net. Power Motorsports is kicking off spring with a huge e-bike demo event. The Tucker e-Power Tour will have event rigs on site full of e-Power vehicles to demo. It's your chance to explore, demo Fantic and Fuel e-bikes and experience the fun and mobility. Try the new Upco electric adventure vehicles and learn more about the exciting new e-lineup. Don't miss the Tucker e-Power Tour at Power Motorsports in Sublimity. Tuesday, April 26th from noon to 4 p.m. PowerMotorsports.com. Don't let your aches and pains sideline your outdoor aspirations this spring. I'm Dana Hughes, physical therapist and board-certified orthopedic specialist. I'm pleased to be accepting new patients at Sweetgrass Physical Therapy and Wellness in Corvallis by the market of choice. Did you know you're free to choose your own physical therapist? At Sweetgrass, you'll experience expert care in a relaxed and friendly atmosphere. Scheduling and billing are hassle-free. For more information, visit our website, sweetgrasspt.com. If you feel you're overpaying on your taxes and you're not as profitable as you should be, you're not alone. At Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, they can help because that's what they do. They work with individuals and business owners to lower your taxes, increase your profit, and manage your cash flow. They provide bookkeeping and payroll services too. Give them a call at 541-753-4185. That's 753-4185. And get in the game. Tax and Wealth Management in Corvallis, your hometown tax team. And go be. Level up your quesadilla game at Qdoba with their new cheese-crusted quesadillas. Crisp things up a notch and add a golden crispy cheese crust to the outside of your quesadilla. Talk about cheese on cheese on cheese. And customize your cheese-crusted quesadilla masterpiece with any of their flavorful proteins, zesty salsas, handcrafted guac, and of course, more cheese. Make your world more flavorful and try the new cheese-crusted quesadillas today. Stop by or order now at Qdoba.com or in the app. It's a party, and it's every Friday night at Highland Bowl. Thunder Alley! It starts at 10 and runs until 1230. Check out the black lights and glow and bowl to your favorite music. Thunder Alley! Includes unlimited bowling, shoes, and prizes for just 12 bucks. Call now and reserve your lane for Thunder Alley! Every Friday night from 10 until 1230. We set them up, you knock them down. Highland Bowl! Highland Bowl, 9th Street, Corvallis. Saying they raised ticket prices in the midst of where they are. They did. And drawing crowds of 2,700. They increased season ticket prices at that 
dump. So the it's a very re- it, it, when the Beavers host the Huskies this weekend, and the weather's going to be nice, and you see thirty five, thirty six hundred people, the Beavers will be out drawing the Oakland A's. Yes, in a stadium, what five percent of the capacity of O.co. It's a sad deal. We we've gotten some texts on the University Honda text line, and the upshot of one of the texts is. Not as though the fans don't like the team, but they're boycotting. Yeah, in a sense. because again, the 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 owners, the the ownership group, whoever just make, is making decision is raising ticket prices. I mean, this is like right out of the relocation playbook. This is what the Sonics did; they did the same thing. Yeah. Well, speaking of relocation, then, but that's another texture, right? Since this is one of the reasons why I'm not you know, Major mm-hmm. League Baseball to Portland would be great, but the mm-hmm. A's and and this approach, mm-hmm. this ownership group's approach. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know how the ownership group responsibilities change when they move somewhere else. If they keep the same structure, if someone else is in charge, right. it's not currently. It's John Fisher. Um, I don't. Would he remain like as the you know right. head, the right. the majority owner? I, I'm not sure. We don't know. So, perhaps I mean, it, who knows? And I agree with you. I don't know. But if let's just say you, for argument's sake, trans the A's, they're moving to Portland. I do think with the new stadium and the club and the owner, I mean, the A's historically, well, they're a woke, they're kind of in a woe-begone state of affairs now, and they can't get a ballpark built, and fans are so upset getting jerked around all these years. Billy Bean and the A's front office have been historically lauded mm-hmm. for how well they build rosters and how good they are in yep. spite of all of the things that mm-hmm. are arrayed against them. They've been a pretty good success story. Moneyball tells it. That goes back 20 years. Yeah. But still, even in the modern era, the more recent years, Billy and and they put together competitive, yeah. good, talented they, teams. They traded away a really good core of players just this offseason. You go back to last year, the Mariners finished above the A's. They beat them 12 times in a row to end the year. But that, that doesn't really like kind of take away from what the A's, you know, built with that roster. And they, they get a guy like Matt Chapman at third base and Matt Olson at first. And they had a couple of really young pitching prospects too. Uh, they, they, you know, reclaimed Chris Bassett and they traded him to the Mets. He was, uh, you know, a Cy Young candidate last year. I mean, what he continues to do is to, you know, get these young guys, but then they can't try. Right. They, they can't, they don't want to pay them, which is an ownership decision not to pay them. Yeah. And they have to trade them away for, pennies on the dollar well maybe maybe a new a new neighborhood new resources new who who knows maybe that yeah. overall approach and philosophy might change one would hope so if they if that franchise did move up the road now Stephen kwan update nothing new nothing what? new no one for two couple runs scored walk an rbi and um yeah you saw josh's text I did. and we didn't have a ball game uh, yesterday, otherwise I would have been following this a little more closely. But Josh Warden texted on the University Honda text line. On another note, Cubs and Rays. The other note, by the way, was the changing on Paul Myro, the force play, originally scored an error change to a hit. I knew Paul would take ownership of it himself. Mm-hmm. He felt bad. He, he needed to make a better throw. The throw was a little bit high, but the far ranging to his left. Put that in the category of, quote, tough error, unquote. I said Mm -hmm. that immediately in the broadcast. Ooh, that's a tough error. And it's not as though I'm looking down at Josh or Hank and people involved in the scoring to say, Mm -hmm. that's a tough error. (laughs) I mean, I'm not necessarily trying to say that, but I did say it because I believed it was a tough error. Yeah. Anyhow. 
Paul felt that's a play in the in the big picture he thinks he should make, and mm-hmm. part of me thinks the same thing. Just as Jacob Melton got a double the other day against Gonzaga in the first game, when Grayson Sterling dropped a ball trying to make a basket catch in right field. I mean, he, he got back there. Mm-hmm. He's kind of back up against the fence, reaches forward, and drops the ball. Mm-hmm. Now, he Jacob gets a double out of it. Now, that's if you give him an error, that's a tough error because that ball's crushed and he's got a long way to go. So I understand giving a hit in that situation. But generally speaking, I lean towards if there's an out and you have a chance to get an out, you should get the out. I'm more of a pitching defense kind of guy in that respect and expect Beaver players to make plays like that. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, my, my thought with that is if you have two feet planted in the turf, you're not jumping into the wall or diving for a ball. If it hit, goes into your glove and you don't catch it, that's probably an error. But that's just me. Yeah, I got you. Now, Josh's other note, the Cubs and Rays yesterday drew Rasmussen on the mound for the Rays. Nick Madrigal batting sixth for Chicago. They faced each other twice. Now, that, that tells me a lot right there because Drew only went three innings. Is that correct? 80 pitches? 79 pitches in three innings. Okay. Four hits, two, uh, four strikeouts, two walks, 48 of the 79 were strikes. <laughs> not not an no. efficient day for Drew, and they only played uh, five and a half innings. But it's a battle, it though. He battled. He I did. Mean, he, you know, clearly he's he may not have had the great command. He had a no decision out mm-hmm. of it. The Rays did win. Mm-hmm. He would have got he would have got a win, I guess, if they were kind of slanting for the the shortened game. But they don't they don't modify the rules for that. Uh, Joshy says they faced each other twice. Nick Madrigal popped up and had an RBI ground out. But here's the part I like, and I wish I could have seen, heard, saw this live. Josh said the Cubs broadcast team brought up the OSU connection during Madrigal's first at bat against Drew. And then brought up Stephen Kwan a little bit later as well. That's a team. Whoever those guys are, and who do you say Boog they are? Shambi and Shambi. I don't know who else. So John Shambi, an outstanding, one of the young new wave and outstanding broadcasters, take the game forward. John does a great job. Boog, to me, is only Boog Powell. I have a hard time calling mm-hmm. him Boog Shambi because Boog is John Powell. No, it's Boog Powell and Boog. My Boog is Boog Powell, not Boog Shambi. But they call Shambi Boog. John Shambi and whoever he was working with. Yeah, I don't know. Did their research. Yeah. They did their homework. So they not only had, oh, these guys played together at Oregon State, and here they are facing each other. How about that Stephen Kwan also out of that Oregon State program? That's good work mm-hmm. on the part of a broadcast team that, you know, really, again, doesn't know our territory or our world, but uh-huh. because it was applicable they talked about it i like that you know for kwan's hot start i you know i've seen it with the mariners and such but how many teams haven't i would say mentioned stephen kwan especially when a a rookie comes out and has like you know he has these streaks he goes 116 pitches without swinging and missing at anything right he's hitting 800 to start his career right someone who's not even on a top 100 list right he just like comes out of the woodwork and it's like oh hot stuff like it's a it's a great storyline it and is. you look, you peel back the layers and you look into it a little bit more. It's, oh, he struggled his first year here at Oregon State. And, uh, mm-hmm. whoa, that's pretty cool. It's something we should note. Shannon Dreyer, as we mentioned, did bring it up on a Mariners pregame with Gary Hill and Rick Riz and Dave Sims. Only Gary mentioned the former Beeb. He said the Oregon State connection, which we appreciated. But I'm sure Kwani was being mentioned in other pregame shows of who's hot, who's not type features. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, looking around Major League Baseball, who's this Stephen Kwan kid in, with a guardian? So that's that's really cool. 
Again, a quick word on, do you know COVID has hit the Mariner yeah. broadcast? Yeah, team. it has. So no Sims, no Riz, no Shannon Dreher, no Gary Hill. It was just Goldsmith last night and then Rich Waltz. Goldsmith and Blowers, though. Goldsmith and Blowers on, the on TV, TV side and, and radio. Ryan Roland, Roland Smith, Smith oh, who is very good. I believe it'll be Rich Waltz and Ryan Roland Smith here on Joe tonight at 530. Okay, very cool. And we're going to reach out to Ryan Roland Smith and Trent Olchin, mentors for our own Travis Bazana. So reaching out to Ryan Roland Smith, we hope to do that soon to talk Mariners and Travis. Thanks to all of you for joining us today. Ryan Divish, Mariners beat writer, will join us tomorrow. Thanks for tuning our way today on 1240 Joe Radio. K-E-J-O Corvallis. And translator, K-229-D-I Corvallis. The home of the Beavers. 1240 Joe Radio.